Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks for one of the most anticipated episodes we've done this year. Uh, our Peacemaker Season 1 recap. And before I introduce Gerald, there is one, there's only one way that you can start a Peacemaker episode. And that is... And then you get the yes, point. Yes, yes. You get the yes, point. Yes, 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 yes. Just imagine that's us doing best, that dance. That's the best intro ever. Um, you know, like in today's world where everything is streamed, we skip intros, we skip commercials. And this is the one show right now where when I turn it on, I listen to the intro. I mean, like I watched all those shows of intros and I skip them all. This one, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this nicely choreographed video with a good song and just live life. It's pretty great, actually. Yeah. Well, when Spotify Wrapped comes out at the end of the year, I think I already know what my number one played song of the year is going to be. And you know what? It's going to be from the show that picks up where Suicide Squad left off because Peacemaker returns home after recovering from his encounter with Bloodsport, which... I don't know if we all thought he died, but now he's finding out freedom comes up to a price. Oh, see, look at that transition. I didn't even have to say anything off the top of my head that time. Yeah, um, no, the, the only thing I worry about, Jeff, is when are we going to cut off the spoiler talk? Because I feel like, I know usually me and you, we jump into the spoiler talk pretty quickly. Um, however, like right now, this is not a show picking up a whole lot of traction in the popular media buzz. Um, it has its cult following, I think, which I think is a good large cult following. Just not as big as a lot of superhero shows, you know. It's I not would low disagree. That you disagree. Actually, you disagree. I've seen some stats. It is the number one stream show in the world right now. So is it, is it, it see, is. That's a, see like, cause I've brought it up to a lot of people. I've been just hot, hanging out with talking with not a lot of people admit to knowing this show or been to seeing an episode. Um, so like, I've, I, I'm wondering when you feel we should get in the spoiler talk. Cause I feel oh, like we're going to we go right away this because this is a season one recap. And if you clicked on this episode, okay, do another one. Because right. we, we still want your listens. But we're going to go straight into the show. That... Time out, time out, time out, time out. No time out. Keep straight, going. If, we, if we're going straight into this, I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong, I want this to be a live on podcast debate right now, negotiation. If we're going to do this and we're going to jump right into spoilers, I think we should just do our ratings first without spoilers and tell people that if they haven't seen it, they should see it. Because I think we're both going to come to that conclusion, correct? Yes. So if we're going to go by a rating system, you want to go by a rating system? Uh, yes. It's going to be a Hall of Fame for me. It's that sh- This show is that good. It is the best superhero TV show since Daredevil. So I can't say enough good things about it. I love it, and I'm very happy we're getting a season two because I didn't think we were going to get one. I thought this was just a one-season deal. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mine's a Hall of Fame, but I'll go a step further. This is the best superhero TV show we've ever had. Um, I think it has everything you want. It has character arc. It has good story. It has action. It has comedy. 
it's 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 freaking great. It's the best live action version of Vigilante we've ever gotten. Um, James Gunn did what he does best. He took a person or a hero that nobody ever gave a shit about in Peacemaker, much like they did with Guardians of the Galaxy was good. People liked it, but it wasn't a popular one. You know, it wasn't Spider Man, it wasn't Batman, it wasn't Superman. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. It has its place. It's good for what it is. But he does this with good stuff. He did it with Suicide Squad just a few months ago when he turned Polka Dot Man, a Batman villain. Everybody, you know, most people don't even know it fucking exists. And he turned it into a good story arc for him in the Suicide Squad movie. And he does it again in Peacemaker. He makes the best superhero TV show. He outdid Marvel, who he also works for, for the best superhero TV show of 2021-2022. And if you haven't seen this yet, you need to go see it. This made me a John Cena fan. Well, watch the Suicide Squad first because it, yes. you know, it just makes this 20 times better. And that movie is very good too. So I loved John Cena before this. I didn't know he could pull off some of the acting, uh, dramatic acting that he does in this series. And he is a great actor. That's something I never realized before. Uh, the, just the relationship with him and his dad and even the relationship with him and Harcourt, I think are uh, some of the best moments in this show. Uh, I, and the, you know, him and Adebayo have a great relationship as well. I love everything about this. Like you said, it is the best live action version of vigilante. We did get a party city spirit Halloween version in the Arrowverse, uh, but it wasn't great. And Adrian chase in this, show is hilarious he comes close to becoming like my one of my favorite characters not the top i'd say peacemaker still is number one but he is a close number two followed by eagly who is just the cutest eagle you'll ever see and can give hugs like a human yeah, this show had everything you we needed. And with John Cena, I don't think I gave him enough credit because, like, I've liked him in some of his movies. Um, I really liked him in the Fast and Furious series, actually. And I guess I just never really looked at him and thought of him like, oh, I like that guy. But um, with his Peacemaker portrayal in both Suicide Squad and in his t- titular TV show, I've just been so overwhelmed with, like, really wanting to see more John Cena stuff. The emotion was great. The comedy was great. The drama was great. The action was great. Like, I just, there's not a lot of things I can nitpick about in this show. And I think one of the unspoken things a lot of people won't want to mention is, is because we don't know Peacemaker. You know, he's not the Flash. We don't know, like, we all know Barry Allen's story. We know Peter Parker's story. We know Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne and Chris Evans, not Chris Evans, excuse me, Steve Rogers. (laughs) But, like, we, we, we know all these superhero stories, right? With Peacemaker, this is a new person. And they are able to go on and take this origin story that we aren't really aware of and have a little bit of freedom with it. Because, like, let's, even though we all love the other characters, when we get those origin stories, we nitpick the hell out of them, right? Oh, well, you know, it wasn't Aunt May that did this. It was, it was Ben or this or that, like some kind of other BS, right? So I think that having that freedom, Plus, James Gunn's genius um, in the ability to use pop culture today in jokes or in certain scenes um, just mixes so well together, right? Yeah, well, I saw somebody online say that James Gunn took an F-level 
DC character and made him the best DCEU uh, character that we've seen on screen. And that's true. Peacemaker is the most well-rounded, uh, more most fleshed out character we have in the DCEU. And we've had two Wonder Woman movies. We've had two Superman movies. Uh, it is crazy that uh, it takes this TV show to put this character I've never heard of on top. And it's crazy because I didn't hear about Peacemaker until I saw the Suicide Squad. Me and Gerald are huge comic book fans. We're very kind of plugged into that universe. And I don't know, Gerald, have you heard of Peacemaker before this show? Or the movie? I mean, he definitely wasn't something that had come up. Like, I mean, like, I'm decently aware of most of the characters. But Peacemaker was one of those where I'm not afraid to say, like, I knew he existed. But that was about it. Like, I hadn't, like, you could have told me he had a comic run of 200 or a comic run of six, and I would have been like, yeah, that's believable. So, but um, this story, like, I just, I can't speak highly of James Gunn enough. This is what happens when you give a director like James Gunn the money and the time to flesh out a story over 10 hours, because that's what this was, or eight hours, I think. He spent eight hours fleshing out an entire story, gave all these characters arcs, and made me care for every single one of them. I mean, even at the end, with the last butterfly that is killed, who isn't even killed, who ends up sharing honey with um, Peacemaker in the end, you like I never, I never felt like the butterfly was an entirely bad thing. Like it was a bad thing in the sense of killing people, but like it was doing what it felt was right and that made sense. It didn't want to see another world end. It's kind of like we're seeing these superhero villains become more like the Thanos that we saw every time where it's a bad idea, but at the same time, like it does make a little bit of sense of where they're coming from. Yeah. I like the, the butterfly storyline a lot more than I thought I would at the beginning. I think I had my, a little bit of doubt in it just because it was, it was very similar to what we saw in the suicide squad with, uh, was it Starro the conqueror, the huge starfish that was controlling people, uh, with like ESP or whatever. But, uh, I really like this storyline because like you said, Gerald, these are aliens from another planet that we're just trying to find a home and it makes you sympathetic to them, uh, especially with uh, Mern, who is the leader of this offshoot of Task Force X. And it shows that they're not all bad. And that is a testament to the writing because this could have gone one of two ways you you know the the butterflies could have just been some nameless enemies but you put real emotions into aliens and you make this show a hundred times better absolutely and like i I just i know we're gonna keep talking about i just i don't think we can talk about how fleshed out all these characters were augie smith's um robert patrick was Robert Patrick's Augie Smith was great. Um, Steve Aggie's John Economos was great. I mean, like, and some of these characters didn't even have but a few, like, maybe 20 minutes total screen time over the period of eight, eight episodes. I mean, you think about it. Augie Smith, um, Peacemaker's father in this, he only had, like, two and a half episodes. And most of the time he wasn't on screen when they talked about him. So, like... All these characters, I feel like we know them. We understand what their troubles are, what their uh, what their cons are, and everything. So it was just it was a very, really well fleshed out show with a great story. And I mean, 
it's just insane that we're we're sitting here talking about Peacemaker. I forgot this show came out when it came out the first week. Did you know that, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you didn't forget after that. You were up early in the morning uh, yeah. watching these, and then I had to get up early in the morning to watch the finale. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you work at 5 a.m., you get up at 3 o'clock, 3.30, you might as well kill an hour, right? Make some breakfast, watch the good show, have a good little dance party during the intro. It's It's a fantastic intro. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen the episode and you're still listening, you haven't seen any episodes and you're still listening at this point, you need to pause us, come back later, and at least watch the first episode so you can understand the dance thing. Because, like, I feel like this is the only kind of thing, like, a director like James Gunn is the only one that can get these name actors to do this. Yeah, and, you know, because we're reviewing a, a TV series, normally we would pick favorite scenes. I don't know, maybe we should go favorite episode. I would say I was actually thinking the same thing. Yeah, I would say, you know, the finale was great, but I would say episode seven uh, was it the penultimate episode is my favorite just because you got a lot, a lot of emotional stakes in there. You get the confrontation uh, of Peacemaker and his dad, and that finally comes to a conclusion. You get the flashbacks with what happened with him and his brother, and you find out that his dad is making them do these brawls in front of people for money and he accidentally kills his brother. That makes it very heartbreaking. Uh, you get the death of Mern in there. Uh, everything about it is, is emotional. And it was at that point where I thought, you know, any of these characters could die at any moment. And I was uh, scared uh, shitless for him, to be honest, going into the last episode. So that would be my favorite episode of the series. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to go with the basic one being the finale, um, but I will go into depth on why I believe it is the best. And it goes back to what we've been spending the past 15 minutes or so talking about um, in the sense of the writing and the directing of the show fleshed out all these characters. And there were times where I was worried we may forget about a certain storyline here or there, but this finale truly tied up every storyline they had introduced it gave us an ending to everything except for the fact that at least one butterfly still exists um, for who knows how long. And it just had so much emotion and danger. And then like, you're talking about like, I really thought they were about to kill off um, how Hulk or excuse me. <clears throat> I really thought they were going to kill her off whenever they did shoot her and she was down. But like, even then I was emotional just thinking like, Oh damn, like I liked her. I wanted to see where her character goes. This TV show, the finale in particular, really gave me hope that I'm going to see these characters again. And I feel like that tells me that that was the best episode because all the other episodes build up to that and the buildup paid off. Yeah, and there are some crazy things in that finale. I love how they incorporated the main theme song into the final battle. I thought that was pretty damn cool. Uh and just seeing Vigilante just straight up mowing people down. He's like cutting people's heads off in this final battle. So is Peacemaker with his shield. Uh, that was cool to see. I love the human torpedo part of it. When Autobio uh, gets sent into the cow. I thought that was hilarious too. Uh, but should we talk about what everybody's talking about on Twitter, Gerald? And that is the big cameos at the end of the season finale. So 
excuse me, I can cuss on this one. So fucking great. Um, I loved it because I had no idea that this was a thing. Because like I said, like I had no, I forgot this show came out. I like when it came out the first week um, and I haven't really been looking at trailers or anything like that. So I have been pretty much in the dark for this whole series. So when that happened and I saw the shadows show up, I was like, oh, we're just going to see some shadows. But then when you get Ezra Miller's The Flash and Jason Momoa's Aquaman actually talking, I was like, holy shit. James Gunn did it again. And the jokes paid off, too, because the entire series, uh, there's this running joke where he's like, you know what? Aquaman fucks fish. And at the end, it pays off because he was like, you need to stop spreading that rumor, man, Jason Momoa. And Ezra Miller's flash goes, but it's not a rumor. So that was hilarious. And I love all the little running jokes uh, that about other superheroes in this show. Uh, I think in that final episode, they talk about Green Arrow going to brony conventions or something like that. Uh, It's hilarious. Uh, But there is a very interesting tidbit about those cameos at the end there. So online today, uh, the stunt actor for Ben Affleck's Batman revealed that he was originally one of the silhouettes at the barn there at the end. But DC made James Gunn cut the Batman and the Cyborg silhouettes out of the finale. So either they have plans for them in the universe going forward, or they're not going to be a part of it. That's kind of where I saw that coming. Yeah, which I think brings up a perfect segue to what I wanted to talk about next. Um, Where does this fit in the DC extended universe? Because this universe, we know nothing about as of right now. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that the Flashpoint movie is going to completely change stuff and Michael Keaton will become the main Batman. Um, the question is, where does Robert Pattinson fit in? Where does Bruce Wayne fit in? Where does Flashpoint even take place? And if Bruce, if Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be the main Batman, then where does the main storyline compared to what we were watching in Justice League? So I do think they took both. I think they took Cyborg out because of all the issues they've had with Cyborg. So they just want to act like he never existed because I don't think DCEU is smart enough to continue doing anything with Cyborg. Um, but um, the Batman thing, I think it's because I don't think DCEU knows exactly what it's doing with Batman right now. What Batman do you put out there? You can't put up Ben, ben Affleck because he's gone. You can't put out Pattinson's because you don't know how long he'll stay. And you can't put out Keaton's because like that might give up everything. So, like, what do you do in that situation? But it's just, where do you think this movie fits in the DCEU now? Not the movie, the show. I feel like it's before Flashpoint. I I definitely think so. But it's weird because we've heard that Henry Cavill's not going to come back as Superman either. But you wouldn't think that they would show a silhouette of him if they didn't have plans for that character moving forward. And I really hope Henry Cavill comes back because I think he's the greatest Superman actor that we've had. And I don't give a shit about Superman. I think he is a stupid character, but I love the way that Henry Cavill portrays him. So I've heard rumors that, like you said, Flashpoint is going to erase a lot of things or redo a lot of things. I've heard that 
uh, Supergirl is going to be the one to take over the mantle of the superpower being in the DCEU moving forward after that movie. So there's a lot of questions. Yeah, and I mean, DCEU's always had this issue, but um, before I go forward, I do want to say a really good Superman show that I actually like is Superman and Lois on the CW right now with um, Tyler, I'm not, I might be saying this wrong, Tyler Heichlin, Heichlin, Hochlin. Oh, oh, Hochlin, um, Tyler, Tyler Hochlin. Tyler Hochlin. Um, I actually do enjoy that version of Superman, the Superman family. Um, so, like, if you're listening and you haven't seen that, go watch it. It's a pretty good show. Um, and they and it's based in Smallville. The, it's supposed to be a similar Smallville to the one we small from the Smallville series. But um, I think the DCU has always had this issue, right? Because it doesn't know what it's doing. And I think that's an issue. Um, because if it took its greatest hits, it's all going to have similarities to what we saw in Peacemaker. Peacemaker had this funny, light, great adventure action vibe. And so did Shazam, right? Um, the Superman movies were all great. They had their own certain kind of vibe. Wonder Woman was like a positive, like she's coming forward and she's going to be the face of the, of the war and she's going to win the war for everybody. And it was pretty good. Um, but when it tries to go into that dark too real thing, it either does it perfectly or screws it all up. Yeah, this was the perfect blend of humor and darkness that we've ever gotten in any DC property. Because DC either goes very big in the dark department or does very, uh, like, a weird middle ground with it. So I want to see every DC property be like this from now on. I think this is the perfect balance. And they have something that Marvel doesn't have right now, is they have you know, the guts to go a little more adult with their content, which is something Marvel stopped doing when the Netflix shows ended. So I would love to see like an R rated Batman series on HBO max, or, you know, even a cyborg series I think could work that way as well. If they go this route, that's what I want them to do. And I hope James Gunn plays a big role building this universe moving forward. Yeah, but James Gunn, though, you just got to wonder, like, is he going to stick with Marvel or DC? Because you know one of them sooner or later is going to try to keep him from going back to the other. Yeah, I think, well, the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie comes out next year, and I think that might be the end of the relationship with James Gunn and Marvel. The, The difference between them and DC is they gave James Gunn the keys and they let him do whatever he wanted. And they gave him a pick of movies to do originally. And he picked the suicide squad, but there was Superman on the table. I know that. And there was a whole bunch of other things. So I think he could do a pretty damn good Superman movie. uh, If he really wanted to. But like at the same time, I think James Gunn, if you're looking at a short list of directors, for future Avenger projects. I think James Gunn has to be at the top there because, you know, the Russo brothers are done now. So you're looking for someone to replace. I mean, Feige is an obvious choice. I think Russo is up there too. So like Russo really has the world in his hands right now. He can probably do whichever project he wants to do. Question is, 
do one of the studios try to stop him from going back to the other one? Because this guy is kind of a directing genius. He is, honestly. Uh, and if you've seen any of his other movies, what was that? The evil Superman movie he did. It was Brightburn. Oh, yes. Yes. Brightburn movie, was very good. Holy crap. That movie was good. He's good at, he's just good at everything. He is a genius. He's great at horror. He's great at comedy. I think he's my favorite director working right now. He's just, knows how to bring like a realistic dialogue to these projects that are mm-hmm. so ridiculous. He made King Shark, like one of the most heartfelt characters I've seen in a long time. Uh, he just does crazy things and he's very talented. If I was Warner or Disney, I'd be throwing money at him right now. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at it, what he really does is you look at a lot of these sci-fi movies in the past, not recently, but just in the past, whether it's 10, 15, 20 years ago. And whenever you had superheroes or people that lived in space, Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever, they always spoke with this very elegant, very uptight type, difficult language to understand. But you look at Marvel's and um, even most of the DCEU, especially when James Gunn is directing, they're just like us. They are like normal people. They're using pop culture references. They're saying, what the hell? What the shit? You know, all this other stuff. So like James Gunn really understands audiences and society today. And I think he's able to use that to make his TV shows and movies better. But what I also like is that what superheroes, like this genre, this superhero genre that exists so purely into our society now, has also blurred the lines between movie and TV. I mean, it wasn't long ago, like within the last decade and a half, where if you were a movie actor, you wouldn't go on TV. And if you were a TV actor, you were dying to get into movies. And now we're looking at Ezra Miller, who is one of the faces of the Harry Potter franchise at this point, because he is in all these movies, and The Flash, who has not only done a CW show, but also an HBO Max streaming show showing and Jason Momoa too. So I just think like this genre in general is becoming more sophisticated and respected. And soon I think, and hope we'll start seeing them get more respect in the award ceremonies. Like when we talk about Oscars and stuff. Yeah. If this movie doesn't get, or I mean, if this show doesn't get nominated for an Emmy next year or the golden globes, I mean, there's something wrong because the writing here is that strong. Even if you're not a superhero fan, you're obviously interested if you've listened this long into this episode, but give this show a shot because it's one of the best shows that have come out in a very long time. Um, that That's my recommendation for it. I, I mean, I can only say good things. We've, we've already done our final rating. I guess we could rank our characters and yeah. then, I mean, yeah, I, I have nothing but good things to say. So I'll let you go first. You uh, re- you do your top five. All right. So I'll just go my top five off the book. Um, John Cena's Peacemaker. He's the one that really brings the show all together. Every storyline has at least something to do with him. And um, he's a very strong emotional actor, action actor, comedic actor. Um, John Cena and Dwayne The Rock Johnson are the reason you can have hope when you see former athletes turning to acting. Um, because both of them are pretty damn good at their jobs. Also, I really, um, number two, I'm going to go with uh, Daniela Brooks, um, Abadayo. Fucking amazing. Um, also, James Gunn and her 
were able to take her wife, a side character that we had no right giving a shit about, and using a minute or two every other episode to say something about her, to really make her and Abadayo's little family that she has of her dogs a part of the story. And I believed it. I believed every sense of it. I believed that she was in love. I believed that she had these dogs. I believed that she was having trouble with her life and just trying to find money. I thought she was fucking fantastic. Number three, Freddy's drama um, as Vigilante. Hilarious as hell. Four, I'm going to go Jennifer Holland. Um, Her hardcore, um, I loved her. Like I said, when I thought she died, I was a little bit emotional. And five, I'm going to go with Economos. I really enjoyed him and his emotional storyline as well, which really climaxed in the middle of the finale. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's a bad character in this show. Peacemaker is obviously going to be number one. He's just great in here. And I love Freddy Stroma as Vigilante, and he'll be number two. There's that scene where he gets himself put in prison and he's confronting all the white supremacists and he just talks shit to their faces. I love that. I love that acting in that scene. He is hilarious. He reminds me kind of, of, of Ryan Reynolds a little bit. Uh, he's number two for me. Adebayo is great at number three. And the fact that she's Amanda Waller's daughter is a, another interesting part of that character. How, you know, just to see that someone grew up with someone as cold and heartless as Amanda Waller. And this character is the complete opposite of that. She is like the most loving character in this show. So she's going to be number three for me. Um, Four, I'm going to put Harcourt just because she had a pretty good character arc as well in this show. She was as cold and calculating as it gets at the beginning of it. And she, you know, opens up by the end of it. She's adding these guys to group text and really making them her friends in real life. I love that whole relationship. Uh, number five for me, uh, I'm going to put Economos in number five too. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff with him, uh, especially in the finale. There's that part where he talked about why he dyes his beard and, uh, it should be a, a hilarious moment. But it becomes an emotional one. And for an honorable mention, you got to put Eagly in there because <laughs> he is just great. Uh, I love Eagly. Eagly everything. Is yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure he's CGI half the time, Eagly is fantastic. Um, and then what I really liked about Hardcore, going back to her with the group text message, is as um, a person who has recently had their life turn around, 180, living alone in a place I've never been. Um, when you do start to make friends and you start making those group messages, it's like that big, like emotional step, like, Oh fuck. Like I have friends and you don't know what the hell you're doing with your life, but like, this sounds like fun. And so like seeing her do that after the emotional growth, I feel like she was the black widow of the group. And we got the black widow storyline without her being permanently dead in nine episodes. Yeah. That's the power of TV. You mm-hmm. get some great stuff in there. Honestly, yeah. if they, you know, did a Batman TV series over a Batman movie, I'd take that any day because you get to spend more time on these characters. And that's the beautiful thing about this show. 100%. Yeah. And like like you said, there's not a bad character in this show. I mean, from Robert Patrick, Saki Smith, Annie Chang's Detective Song, um, Lochlin Monroe's um, Detective uh, Fitzporn or something like that. I, I'm 
blanking on it, but I mean, there's just so many good actors and characters in this show. I felt connected to it and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm excited as hell to see season two of Peacemaker. No idea what it might bring, but I mean, just like what Marvel did with characters like the Scarlet Witch, like Vision, like even Iron Man, it turned a character not a lot of people cared about or that like some people just thought was maybe a B-list or a C-list character and made it a star. Yeah. And they've done something that Marvel has yet to figure out, which is have a very good finale. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that yet. so I mean, they did with Endgame. Let's be fair. Well, well the TV series. They're, uh, yeah. Someone See, said online. Someone said online. It's like Marvel's only setting up their TV series to end with the hero changing their costume in the last episode, which I can definitely see. Well, that Marvel likes to end a series with a cliffhanger. So Marvel likes to make you want to come back for the next one, and DC has always likes to be the complete opposite. Um, I mean, you saw it with the fact that we had a team up after like a movie and a half. Um, so while Marvel builds up to the team team up. So DC is doing the exact opposite here in the sense of instead of leaving you on a cliffhanger, you have nothing to ask questions about other than maybe personal relationships. Like are John is is John Cena's peacemaker and hardcore. Are they going to end up getting together? Are they going to be a couple now? Abadayo, is she completely out of this kind of business? Like what's going on with all this stuff? Um, so DC really tries to end off the main storylines pretty quickly. Cause I think DC just has a fascination with being the opposite of Marvel. Yeah. It, it felt like a complete story. And that's what I liked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing but great things. Go watch this show. If you haven't already, um, it's that good. So yeah, Gerald, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Just uh, follow us on social media at Box Office Quarterbacks on everything Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have a site that is, uh, is it live now, Jeff? Yeah, it's going to launch by the time you guys hear this episode. It will be up. So, all right. So, we're going to have a website where you can buy merchandise, um, find our social medias and everything. And when you find our social medias, make sure you follow us and all of our co hosts because we're all freaking hilarious in our spare time. Um, especially Jeff. This guy gets retweets because he's funny. Um, but yeah, Jeff, I'm just real glad to be talking this nerd shit because this is the episode where we can cuss and say that. <laughs> yes, it is nerd shit <laughs> for a reason. No holds barred. No uh, <laughs> holds barred. Good ass TV show, Peacemaker John Cena. Um, there's only one superhero TV show I like better than that, and it's The Boys because The Boys on Amazon Prime is fantastic. So, yes, it is. I co-sign that recommendation, but. We will be back, Gerald, with an episode I don't know yet coming up next week and the week after that. But for Gerald, I'm Jeffrey Gordon. This has been another edition of Box Office Quarterbacks. Good friends, real talk. We'll see you very soon. Please like and subscribe.